Welcome to the Daily Objective. It is day 22 of uh, the war in Israel. Um, yeah, I think this is a slightly different episode from ones we've done so far. I think day 22 uh, has been the best day, if you can say something like that about, about a war. Uh, but certainly um, the, the closest to anything we would advocate, although quite a distance from uh, where we are, and of course, whatever... Um, whatever the situation in Gaza is now in terms of uh, uh, targets that have been destroyed, it is you know far less than we would have done on by day two. Um, but let's let's get to a few updates. This is the main news. Uh, but let's get to a few uh, much less interesting updates quickly. Uh, so uh, I think this is relevant to mention because I, I mentioned uh, Turkey's pri- uh, uh, prime minister president. Sorry, Erdogan, I forget what title he uh, currently holds. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mentioned the issue in 2009 uh, with uh, with the flotilla and, um, you know, the, the response back then. Uh, Erdogan has always been uh, an, an enemy of humanity and uh, Israel being the, uh, you know, the closest thing to uh fully realizing uh you know humanity uh and, and the human spirit in the in that region uh is his number one target so uh yeah he he has spoken again uh spoken out about israel uh calling israel uh, accusing israel of war crimes uh people in israel are now saying in the government are now saying they're re-examining the uh, relationship uh between israel and turkey that's good to know uh but you know let's see let's see what that reexamination uh, results in there are more rockets uh, and this will uh, also is important to note in the context of what we're saying is is a positive uh you know positive shift that we've seen uh yeah there are more rockets uh more rockets even towards uh, the center of israel some of them hit buildings uh there are injuries and um yeah saw- uh yeah. apartment building in Tel Aviv that yeah. was just completely smashed in. So rockets are penetrating um, the the protective uh, shield and get hitting. So you guys are still getting the alarm, still having to go down into the shelters, and uh, rockets from Gaza are still hitting Tel Aviv. Uh, and I hear even within the last hour, there's still rockets being fired despite the ground incursion that started. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there is that. And, and we can uh, that's a good segue into our main topic, which is uh, the ground operation. Now, we we said yesterday that over the previous two nights, there have been ground operations where ground troops went in, did whatever they did, went out. Uh, now there was uh, something similar, but uh, much more extensive as far as we can tell. Again, we don't have all the details and that's that's for the better. Um, and uh, and they've stayed within the Gaza Strip. Now within the Gaza Strip probably means, uh, you know, not within the, uh, uh, you know, any area that's built that where there are any buildings. It's probably uh, near the fence. I think that's also uh, where they operated. I don't think they went into any, any um, uh, you know, any, any areas where people live or lived because uh you know that's that's much more difficult to just go in and do and then come out um but there's also been more aerial strikes than uh than usual and and 
seemingly better ones. So uh, some of these videos, by the way, I recommend looking them up. They're much more enjoyable than other videos we've said that people should uh, should look up. And like there's, you know, many of them are, are um, released by the IDF. This is what the IDF wants you to see. And they're not going to show you what they don't want you to see. There's one that I'm guessing just from the positioning of it is is uh, somebody in Gaza uh, filming. Uh, and you see like a row of, uh, you know, bombings of uh, with with what I can only assume are uh, bunker busters. And uh, actually, maybe this was this was. May have been Israel tweeting it, but from a uh, Palestinian or some Israeli uh, Twitter account. Uh, yeah, basically uh, blowing up a tunnel. So, and this is in a residential area. And of course, Israel wants to avoid hitting buildings and they managed to avoid hitting buildings with those uh, those bombings. So it's impressive to see. Again, I wouldn't, uh, you know, focus on uh, attempting to avoid hitting buildings, uh, but that is what Israel is doing. But yeah, uh, just as a general point, Israel is doing more right now than they were before. Uh, if if this continues, it continues to, let's use the word, escalate, and, uh, and Israel does more and more, I think that's a very positive thing. It's a, certainly a move in a positive direction. James, your, your thoughts uh, from what you've seen so far from Israel over the last 24 hours or so? Your evaluative comment, though, about the pictures being better, I I had to smile, uh, and it the first time I've smiled about anything, I have to admit, it is the first time I've smiled about anything in the region for three weeks now, so uh, uh, my wife and I made the comment as, the, as we could see the explosions in Gaza going off, and uh, the comment she made to me, I had to say, what pretty lights, finally, so uh, they did look like powerful bombs going off, and it did look like they were hitting areas uh, that and we know. Come on, Hamas has used hospitals and schools and residential areas. That's where they put their military stuff. That's where the tunnel openings are going to be, and they cannot hold back, even if it's a residential area. And it's good to see that happening. It's good to see that there's uh, more incursions uh, happening as well. Uh, so long as I mean, it's been three weeks. We've been kind of waiting for something. And as you referred to earlier, I mean within the first week both of us were really disappointed but at least three weeks later there's something there's something going on uh and let's uh, <clears throat> hope that it goes well I, I i am still concerned for idf soldiers because i'm pretty sure that israel didn't in fact doesn't have the political will to make the ground as safe as it probably ought to be before ground troops go in um yeah, so a part of the reason that this is a, a much more positive show than any we've done in the past 22 days is, uh, yeah, on the one hand, Israel did say that, um, you know, dozens of, uh, of Hamas uh, terrorists have been um, neutralized in this operation. Uh, one of them is the head of the, um, uh, or the person in charge of their, you know, aerial uh, operations. And, uh, and that is, of course, the person who's in charge of the, paragliders that uh, that we've seen and uh yeah that's uh, that's a person who is uh you know um you know the world is better off without um well, and so yeah, yeah so and, and but but the other thing that uh the idf made a point of, of announcing is that uh nobody uh nobody was killed or injured on the idf side which of course you know that's that's a big part of this being a very positive uh, a very positive, um, you know, day or nearly a day. And um, of course, we very much hope that continues more dead terrorists, 
no no more uh injured or dead israelis that is the that is the best case scenario i don't know how likely it is but let's uh, let's you know let's enjoy let's... the moment while while this is the case I'm I'm an atheist, but uh, I'll use the word. I'm praying that that continues to happen, um, uh, that we don't see uh, casualties on the IDF side. Um, you know, and we, you know, you jokingly say sometimes, Razi, that Hamas uh, listens to uh, our broadcasts, and it may well be true. Uh, but uh, I have to say, I was also pleased since we're talking about better news. Uh, in the last couple of days, pundits and even Senate, United States senators, uh, seem to be echoing some of the concerns that we've been raising here about Iran, uh, ridiculing uh, our defense minister for saying that the attacks on our bases had nothing to do with this. Um, and uh, so there's some, it, I don't know who's listening to us, who's not listening to us, if we have influence on U.S. senators or something, but I heard some better language about Iran happening from some pundits and even some senators uh, you know it's not just a weird group of military or foreign policy experts talking like us it's actual senators and mainstream pundits in america who were echoing my concerns for example about iran uh, in much the same language we're using so i was kind of blown away were any of the senators from the ruling party no uh unfortunately not uh uh yeah, I, although I do think this is one of those issues where, um, you know, it, it it's it's a less controversial issue, at least in in terms of the mainstream of both uh, of both parties. Now, uh, I'd like to see it more controversial in the sense that I'd like to see one party, I don't care which, uh, be more aggressive towards the enemy. But I think they there is consensus that you know uh, uh, we're dealing with enemies. Actually, I don't know to what extent that was the consensus around Iran before October seventh. I think that's more the consensus now. I don't think Joe Biden is working on an additional, uh, uh, you know, sending them additional money, uh, as far as I know. So um, I think his yeah. Iran policy is collapsing before our eyes. And that is one of the wonderful things we're seeing. I'm giving given at least some indication that people in the White House are uh, rethinking their entire policy towards Iran, and obviously, but here we are three weeks on, and I'm finally getting word from the White House that they're rethinking their Iran policy from the ground up. Well, yeah, it's their Iran policy, as I've said, that helped make this happen. But that I'm hearing more and more and more Republican senators, and I know it's a very close Senate, and senators have a big influence, but they're not in the ruling party. But I'm hearing more and more Republican senators uh, take that line. Something must be done to neutralize Iran. The, that's the important thing America do right now is to contain and neutralize Iran so that Israel can do what they need to do with Hamas. Yeah. And while I would generally like to see, you know, policies on every uh, issue move towards freedom, I know that's not how politics works. And if, uh, you know, Republicans can uh, vote for some bullshit Democrat law in exchange for uh, getting rid of Iran, you know, I'll be I'll be happy enough with that. Uh, thank you, Bonnie, for the super chat. Thank you, Mark, for the super chat. Your your comment about praying uh, got uh, equal to reality to say if there is any supernatural force, uh, let them protect the IDF. I mean, if there is any supernatural force, I'd like to see, uh, you know, what what happens when uh, Hamas people go there and, and uh, well, we don't know what happens, but if, uh, if they don't get their virgins, they're going to be angry. By the way, we talk <laughs> about, uh, we talk about Hamas, watching i don't think they're watching now because i've heard there's some wi-fi issues 
maybe if somebody else watching can get a technician over to Gaza and uh, fix that for them, I heard there's a... But again, I understand if there's intentional breaking down of communications in the Gaza right now, uh, Israel has every right to stop any kind of electromagnetic communications going on in that area, or to control them, monitor them, monitor them, do whatever they think is best, uh, to, as I say, to protect IDF forces as this starts happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the it's once again one of those moments where you say, you know, it's good that it's happening, but why only now? But then again, look, you know, if if this was what is was being prepared the whole time, and you know, the next uh, the next big thing is coming, and this is a, another stage. So yeah, let's uh, uh, let's look at this as uh, something we can hope for the best, uh, and and hopefully tomorrow. Um, we're not going to be here saying, you know, this was a, a few nice hours of uh, operations by Israel and now they're okay. back. To one test for me, and I know it's a minimal one, it's the one you mentioned earlier, are the rockets still coming from Gaza into Israel? And, you know, as I say, I saw that apartment building smashed. And so long as that kind of thing can still happen, they, we obviously have not begun to neutralize Hamas, but Israelis, all Israelis are still in threat, it seems to me, uh, so long as that happens and until we those rockets, and frankly, rockets stop from the north too. Frankly, when it's only when those rockets stop that I will begin to get a sense that a handle is being begun to be gotten on this situation. Yeah. Um, thank you, Gail, for the super chat. Thank you, Jonathan, for the super chat. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, uh, when when we look at uh, uh, just generally how uh, how these so-called rounds have been fought in the past, uh, this is uh, three weeks in. Usually, people would be like, you know, okay, it's it's, it's if it's not already over, you know, why is it not over? And let's uh, people in Israel. I'm not talking about uh, people who hate Israel in the West. Uh, now people in Israel are like are, are waiting for more. They they want more. Uh, now again, that more could end up in a disastrous ground operation, but it could also be uh, in part, uh, you know, involve at least very heavy uh, aerial bombardment, similar maybe to what we saw last night, but a, a bit more. Uh, and then a ground operation that you know cleans up whatever whatever is left in there. So. Yeah, you know, we we uh, have more hope now than we did uh, yesterday. When I think the, uh, uh, the 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 only war that Israel was fighting was the PR war by talking about the uh, the hospital and saying we know the terrorists are there, which is of course you know the, it, it, the only question it raises is why are you talking to the press right now <laughs> instead of getting rid of Exactly. I really don't want to hear about military plans. I don't want to hear about details uh, from the IDF or the defense ministry right now. I want them to do more than talk. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be ignorant of something clever going on and find out about it later when I've heard that Hamas has been neutralized. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we talk about, uh, I, I actually, I, I thought yesterday, um, Actually, I'll read the super chat by Frank, who says protesters near Brooklyn Museum where many Jews live. Uh, yeah, I think I read that this was coming. I, I was just about to say um, 
Yesterday, I was assuming today's episode would be about the massive protest in London. I haven't really followed what was going on there, but there is a massive protest. I'm glad uh, there's more, uh, you know, action by Israel to piss them off. Of course, I'm I'm scared about what might happen here. Uh, I think, again, you know, we, we talk about, uh, we, we had an episode talking about how to talk to an anti-Israel protester and uh, kind of my, Rome. I started that episode with saying don't. Uh, but yeah. Rome, Lisbon, London, Brooklyn, all within the last 24 hours have erupted with thousands of people taking to the streets against Israel. That is the bad news. I lived in Brooklyn for a while. There's a large Jewish community in Brooklyn, and they're going out of their way to be as loud and obnoxious and anti-Semitic as they possibly can be, even in New York City. Uh, that is still of grave concern to me. Uh, I, I This appears to have awakened some of the most ugly anti-Semitic tribalism uh, that's been festering out there. Uh, and that's a disgusting element of this, but... Uh, a discussion for another day. Yeah, uh, but I was going to say, you know, we we wonder sometimes if there are reasonable people who might be honestly mistaken about this. Uh, you know, I I have trouble talking to people who have any level of, you know, even uh, saying both sides or or whatever. Uh, I people who follow me on Twitter may have seen a tweet of mine that uh, you know went viral not a, not as a really viral but viral by the standards of somebody with 800 followers uh got like 200 something thousand views mostly because it was um you know a tweet about a somewhat well-known british leftist uh who then replied to me and and if you look at the comments there there's last i checked there was 110 comments but that was like over an hour ago i'm sure there's more now uh so many of these comments are are you know, so vile. And of course, Twitter is not exactly the place where you think the best, uh, the best people show the best of themselves. Uh, but, you know, it, it does, it does tell you a lot about what, um, what the thinking is among these people, you know, other than being called Nazi a few times, which I'm at this point used to. Uh, again, being called a Nazi by socialists who want to kill all the Jews is, uh, is, is special. Uh, but, you know, just, uh, just the general, uh, the general way of thinking. And I, I scroll through some of that just to see if there's anything semi-reasonable. It's difficult to find. I, you know, I'm, I'm still looking. I, uh, you know, if there is, I will actually reply to that. Um, but yeah, if, if there, if you do find people who are, you know, semi-reasonable and somehow taken in because they're used to watching the news from whatever crappy news source uh, um, that, you know, that is reporting uh, the way most news outlets are reporting this, certainly in the UK, then uh, yeah, definitely share our content with them. Uh, and uh, let us know, by the way, if you, if you do encounter such people, what those conversations are like. I think that's an interesting thing to explore as we uh, continue covering uh, this topic and basically nothing else on the channel. Very much so. Do give us feedback on that. That was fascinating. And Twitter is a kind of a hostile landscape, uh, but it's also one with a huge reach still. Uh, whatever Elon Musk has done to it, uh, it's still got a huge reach. And so you get a lot of the nastiest, but also some of the more insightful um, uh, and just to measure our effectiveness, congratulations, Rosie. <laughs>
Thanks. Yeah, I don't know to what extent that is a measure of effectiveness or a measure of the effectiveness of the leftist at whom I tweeted who decided to reply to me. And then uh, and and of course, that is the reason why this is not my best tweet, by the way, if people uh, follow me on Twitter, Daniel, if you want to put that in the chat, uh, then I, I think I, I, I've done better. But yeah, you know, it's that's not what matters in terms of uh, what gets viewed if somebody with, you know, 400,000 followers uh quote tweets you and uh you know yeah yeah disagrees then uh, their followers will will follow so yeah that's how the uh uh algorithm works if uh by the way if any uh well-known leftists are uh watching this show and want to share it as well uh please go ahead and do that and uh please <laughs> yeah uh we're not going to invite you on the show if you have views similar to the uh the person Probably who tweeted me you know there are, things, <laughs> yeah, there are things we will debate people on there are things we won't uh this is yeah. uh this is one of the places where i draw the line <laughs> yeah. But, yeah um uh puja asks what's the stand on hostages as israel goes into gaza so i think this is one of the one of the reasons it's definitely one of the reasons why Israel isn't going all in. And, you know, depending on what uh, news sources you look at in Israel, uh, you'll hear that maybe, yeah, that it's they're not going all in because of this. Uh, maybe they're they're going uh, in a little bit and, and devastating some of Hamas's infrastructure as a warning sign saying, you know, you, you know, this is uh, worse can come if you don't release the hostages. Um, but yeah, uh, again, Israel's stance is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't agree with it. It's, um, it's, this is the most difficult thing about this war is that you, you have to fight it, uh, as if there are no hostages there, but, uh, uh yeah, I, you know, I think if we talk about good news, you know, really good news that could come out of this is, of any ground operation is, is the release of any hostages, um, the, absolute gall and temerity of people saying that Israel's actions are in jeopardizing the hostages is simply playing into their strategy. I strike a bunch of your, I kill more than 1,400 of your civilians, take more than 200 uh, uh, hostages from uh, someone, and then I expect this person to hold back because I've got the hostages. You can't defend yourself adequately because I've got the hostages. Anyone who even lets them themselves mouth words like Israel is responsible. And I hear from Hamas and its friends saying Israel is to blame for anything that happens to these hostages. That is the complete inversion of morality. That is absolutely disgusting. What you said is true. It is the most painful aspect in one sense of all this. The thought of, but look, once they were in these murderous monsters' hands, who knows what was going to happen? They were going to be used either as propaganda tools or that I don't even want to think about the potential of what could happen to them. So the point is the more we have to think about hostages in the future, our appeasement and hostage trading up to this point, both Israel and America's, is what caused the hostages to be taken in the first place. The more important value here is to kill the hostage takers so that future hostages, so that future old people and children no longer get kidnapped as bargaining tools. Yeah, and the cynic in me, and I think he's, uh, you know, his uh, his view on this is fact-based, is that a politician, certainly a politician 
like Netanyahu uh, uh, at this stage of his career where it's pretty much over, doesn't think about the future because in the fu- the hostages of the future will be the responsibility of some other prime minister. And if I release these hostages by whatever deal, uh, then, um, uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's a approach. wrong approach for Israelis and Americans to be taking about hostages. And um, we really only fed into this, frankly, with our appeasement. Yeah, Gail says we don't even know if the hostages are still alive. That's true. I do think Hamas would keep them alive. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, Israel uh, is is bombing Hamas and Hamas is, uh, you know, always hidden behind their own civilians. Now they're hiding behind Israeli civilians. So, uh, yes, that is true. We don't know if or how many they're uh, by the latest count. I think it was around 230 hostages. Uh, um, was it Akira mentioned Roger waters yeah uh that that might be a topic for a whole other whole episode other but yeah talk about despicable despicable i mean i i, I you know i'm you we've got to separate out the art from the artist sometimes but the point is yeah he is worthy of some attention let's put it this way his despicable comments in the past that long precede this by the way yeah uh to his credit uh you know we talk about how you know, some on the left support Ukraine, but also uh, Hamas and some on the right support uh, Israel, but also Russia. Uh, yeah, uh, Roger Waters is consistent. He's with Russia. <laughs> he's, he's, with, he's, with, uh, he's with Hamas. He's with everybody who wants to cause pain, suffering, misery and death. Uh, and uh, yeah, he deserves an episode, but I uh, I deserve a nicer Saturday night than thinking about Roger Waters. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> Travis. That super chat made the Saturday night even nicer. And for our uh, um, for our platinum uh, Reardon Medal and Midas Mulligan members, Saturday night or day or wh- wherever you are is even nicer because the um, philosophy forum is about to start. We are gonna, James. You are gonna join. Uh, we are gonna talk about when you should keep your word, when you should break your word. Um. When you should absolutely break your word and go out of your way to, to tell people you're breaking your word. Uh, morality is a contextual thing, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to have a fascinating discussion, but only if you're a platinum member. So please subscribe at the appropriate level because, you know, you're missing out on some good stuff, like I said the other day. Yes, and our members will forgive me for uh, delaying the start by a few seconds because I'm going to read... Uh, uh, the comment by uh, Mark Wickens, who has been a member for 15 months, he says, uh, he asks, what's an objective understanding of intifada in the Palestinian conflict, the context? Any plausibility to claims it's meant as nonviolent resistance? I mean, no, because it's always, whenever there was, there were two intifadas and both of them were violent. The first one was, uh, you know, mostly rocks and uh, Molotov cocktails and so on. The second was after Israel gave the Palestinians some land to, you know, be able to freely plan operations from. So it was it involved more terrorist attacks. Uh, but uh, no, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't care if it's rocks, it's force. And, you know, if you're aiming at Israeli cops, if you're aiming at Israeli soldiers, I mean, that's violence. And, uh, you know, breaking through fences. Well, I I just echo what Rousey said. It's clearly force. Uh, Frank says, Rousey, let's support uh, Getty Lee of Rush, who is Jewish. Uh, 
I would need more than that to support it. <laughs> <laughs> but we can leave that to uh, tomorrow's episode and we uh, okay. I'll, I'll look him up and see if there's any reason to support him other than him being Jewish. You know, we, we had well, I do work the rock group Rush and he is the front man, <laughs> was the front man for that group. <laughs> Yeah, we had an episode Jews for Palestine a few days ago. So yeah, being Jewish is not automatically a <laughs> cause for supporting someone. But I assume you had uh, more reason. We'll talk about it uh, later. All right. It, we are late for the philosophy forum. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Take care.